Here's the big question. What if you had to start over from scratch and build a business with limited time and resources? Maybe the economy just pulled the rug out from under you, or you're in a business that's underperforming or a career that's going nowhere. How would you flip the switch to go from where you're at to where you want to go? A profitable business that supports your family and allows you to live the life you were meant to live. My name is Jason Liu, and each week I'm going to bring you guests that are further down the road while documenting my own journey. Welcome to the business of feeling good. is going on. Jason Liu here for another episode of The Business of Feeling Good. Uh, Today is definitely a solo episode and one that hopefully I'll be able to translate into um, something that's uh, digestible, um, something that you can take away from, and really hopefully have some time journaling uh, when it comes to defining what it means for you to have a business that feels good. And One of the things that happened really early on when I was shopping this idea of this podcast and um, the business behind it was that I was talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and mentors, just just talking about the ideas. And really early on, I figured out that I really needed to distinguish what it meant to me, the business of feeling good, and how I could kind of have a framework so I could teach others how to create their own version of that, how to create a business that's... um, was fulfilling, um, that made impacts, um, that was still fun. Right. And it really came from a, uh, the antithesis of that. Uh, I can actually, I'll give all credit here to, uh, to Gabe Gannam, who's dear friend, great business partner. Uh, my wife jokes that he was my, <laughs> he was my business husband for the past 10 years. Um, but we were sitting on a, a call together, much like, uh, you know, a conversation like this. And, um, you know, it was one of those water cooler conversations where we're kind of licking our wounds, commiserating about where we're at, how we ended up so far off the, the, the flight path of where we wanted to, to end up. And it was like, man, can you imagine if we just had this business that felt good? Um, and it just came from this place of desperation. Like, how did we end up so far away from where we want it to be? And I think it took some time, some grace, some forgiveness, and uh, the ability to kind of step back and look at the rubble, look at the wreckage and say, how did we end up um, so far away from where we were going? And it really kind of gave me some perspective about what's important um, when it comes to building a business and starting a business. And more importantly, the questions that need to be asked. And I wish I probably would have gotten it more wrong regardless. So there's no point in me saying, oh, I wish someone would have told me in the beginning. But hopefully this saves you some heartache because they're the questions that I think truly matter when it comes to building a business that you care about. Um, And that's the whole goal behind the business of feeling good is the impact you make outward, but also the, the joy and the fulfillment that comes internally as well. And I think there's an incredible balance between those two that that need to happen. Um, And I've gotten it wrong for probably 20 years. Um, I, not to say that I didn't have amazing experiences and I didn't learn a lot and I didn't do amazing things, but I will say that there's a lot of lessons that have been hitting me over the head that have taken a long time to sink in. Or maybe, maybe I'm just dense. But um, 
I will say this, um, you know, the, the idea of the business of feeling good really kind of came from four philosophies and I am borrowing heavily from these four. Um, and let's be honest, like, I don't necessarily believe that any thought is original at this point in time. Um, you know, we, we kind of take what these great teachers have given us and contextualize it right to, to what applies to you and I. And so I kind of wanted to start off today with kind of the four philosophies that really shaped this kind of business that we're, we're embarking on right now. And the first one um, comes from personal mentor. um, Someone that was an executive coach for fortune 500 companies who I will interview on later on this podcast. So James McPartland or Jim McPartland, or he goes by J Mac. Um, who was my personal coach and mentor for almost four years consecutively. Incredible human being, um, incredibly humble, incredibly kind. Um, anyways, one of his philosophies that he really instilled on me, and I think I talked about this in the early episode, is his belief that every person is born on this planet with certain gifts, talents, and abilities. Whoever made you, created you, uh, whatever your belief systems are, that you were kind of jammed with packages, uh, meaning like these gifts that make you, you, there's a certain combination of stuff that's in you that makes you, you. And when they fire up down, you down to this planet here and you, you know, get to be, um, this incredible human being, guess what? Um, you know, kind of the goal of life is to kind of uncover those gifts, rip them open, open them up and give them to the world. And I really internalize kind of that story and that idea, which is, I think that everyone has these things that make us tick. Like, uh, my wife's an incredible cook um, and sh- she has a certain philosophy. It doesn't mean there's like not uh, thousands or you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the world that can cook amazingly well, but she has certain things that she, she pulls from her specific childhood, right? Um, from her technical training that she has that makes her food um, special, right? It, it makes it hers. Um, it's her flair. It's her little taste of it. And uh, you know, she brings incredible joy and um, fun and, um, you know, community to people because of the food that she's able to share and create. So I think part of this whole process is the belief and the realization that we're all gifted. And maybe you're listening here today and you're like, I don't have gifts. I, there's a, you trust me, you do. There is something about you that makes you, you. And if you just are willing to nurture um, that portion of it, water that seed, if you will, um, there's something in there that is truly magical and every single person has it. Um, and I truly believe that. So that's number one. Number two, the second philosophy that kind of comes into all this is Seth Godin's philosophy that um, we are all capable of taking that gift and taking that ability and making something. Um, he calls it art, right? Not art in the sense of just like a painting, but art could be something that you make um, and that your hope is to take this thing, to give it away to somebody else and hopefully change them for the better. That could be the words that you say, the words that you write, the videos that you create, the jokes that you make. Um, it could be the way that you put together an Excel spreadsheet because it's better than anyone else's. Um, it's, it's art. It's what you do and you do so well, right? Um, it doesn't have to be this mystical creative thing all the time, but it's something that you give away. And I, I love that, that concept. Like you're making something that matters and you're giving it away. It's an incredibly vulnerable thing to do. It's an incredibly risky thing to do because it feels like you're putting yourself out for others to judge, but it's an incredibly rewarding experience when that piece lands or that piece hits the way that you intended it to. Um, it's a second philosophy that really shaped this process. And the, th- the third one um, comes from Kevin Kelly, who wrote, and you know, it's been referenced million times, I'm sure. Um, I found it because of through Tim Ferriss, but um, A Thousand True Fans. If you've never read the blog post, go Google A Thousand True Fans. There's 
um, synopsises of it. There's videos of it. There's, there's, there's so many ideas, but the idea that when it comes to business and commerce that you don't need the world, um, what you need are a thousand true fans. And his idea is that these are the people that will support an artist. These are a thousand people that are willing to spend a hundred dollars a year to buy your limited edition book or to buy the extra, you know, song on your, your record. Uh, they're the people that will, you know, go out of their way because they're raving fans of yours. But a thousand fans that all spend a hundred dollars a year on you, that's a hundred thousand dollar income. And you can make an income, you can make a living. And it, you know, it's, it's a great example, but it could be also, right, a um, hundred people that spend a thousand dollars. But the whole point is, if you really dial into the niche, if you dial into your niche, um, that area that, you know, you can just totally geek out and nerd out on, I believe that there is a community there that's willing to support it the way that you package it, the way that you create it, because your story, your background, your history, um, the way you look at the world is just a little bit different. And we all need that conduit. We all need that person who's willing to be kind of our gateway into that world that resonates with us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Take basketball for an example, right? We can, can, I can debate with my friends all day long, right? Who the best basketball player is or who our favorite players are. There are thousands of people that are world-class athletes that can shoot a basketball, but just because one person can shoot a basket doesn't mean everyone else looks at that person and be like, oh, well, he or she's already done it, so therefore, you know, I can't do it now. No, we all need that person that we relate to, that we resonate with, um, that we root for, right? And that's what makes sports interesting, but it also is what allows so many different personalities to coexist in a world um, because we all are looking for that flavor. So the third part of it is Kevin Kelly's thousand true fans. We all need that person and you are that person for someone out there, right? You're, you're that flavor that they're looking for. If you're willing to be brave enough to stand up and do it. And the fourth philosophy, I can't say it's mine, but the, the area that I've been big on is on your terms. So the fourth philosophy that shaped the business of feeling good is saying that it has to be on your terms. And what I mean by on your terms are, before my last, <laughs> before my current network marketing business that I was running, um, I, I was a part of a network marketing business for nine years prior to that, uh, where I was on the road all the time. Like, and I mean all the time, I mean like 17 days out of the month. Um, I would have a suitcase that I would drop off of the dry cleaners and I'd pick up that suitcase. Uh, I have two suitcases, right? So one I drop off of the dry cleaners and the other one I pick up and then I hit the road again. Um, just like early days of Skype. And I mean, I was selling like two-way pagers and it's just, it dates me. I get it. But that was my life. And I said, the non-negotiable for me is if I, if I were to do this again, this is the conversation I had nine years ago with myself was if I do this again, I'm not hitting the road that long because family was important. Having a child was important. Being present was important. And I think that you can have an incredible business, but if you don't have the other things that really bring you joy too, uh, what's the point? Or at least for me, what's the point, right? Um, like my life is my, fa- my family, dude. Um, it's the greatest thing. Like it's the coolest thing for me. And I know that's not everyone's thing. Trust me, it doesn't have to be your thing either, but you have to put parameters on it. Like it's not fun taking calls at midnight. It's not fun waking up, you know, at the crack of dawn every single day um, to take calls from, you know, halfway across the world. I get it's, it's okay to do, right? every now and then, but 
the more boundaries you put on your life, the more constraints you put on the hours that you're operating your business, believe me, the more joy comes from it. And to be honest, the more you get done in those hours. So the kind of the fourth philosophy that kind of really kind of shaped everything here was on your own terms. So the way I teach this, uh, when I workshop it, this is going to be super nerdy. So um, <laughs> just bear with me. And it works. I trust me, this works a lot better when I've got a PowerPoint and something to actually show you because it's a vision. It's a visual. <laughs> it's a visual kind of setup. So, but I'm going to do my best here now that I know that we're in the medium of, of audio and me connecting with you here. So in high school, this is like 20 years ago, I played badminton. I know not the coolest sport but I loved it. Like it was the coolest freaking thing to me. And I geeked out about it. Like I had my, I had my Yonix shoes. We were, you know, hitting around Mavis three fifties and, uh, oh yeah. Like everyone talked about Yonix, uh, Yonix, uh, rackets. I was like, it's gotta be Carlton all the way for me. Anyways, that was me nerding out on badminton stuff. Right. But that was my high school. Um, that's what I loved playing. And if you've never seen someone <laughs> hit a badminton, uh, birdie, or shuttlecock. Yeah, I know the jokes. You can go on YouTube right now and go check one out. The most fundamental thing about badminton, okay, if you want to hit a birdie over a net, is this is what they teach you. Like, there, there is obviously just like any sport, there's fundamentals. And I was fortunate enough to have a coach that played in junior nationals, but he would just drill us all day long on fundamentals. Like, it was like, you know, what I would imagine John Wooden would be in basketball teaching players how to play basketball. Like it was so rigid when it came to fundamentals. Like we couldn't even pick up a racket for the first, I want to say two months. Like it was, we did all these ridiculous drills, right? But if you want to hit a bird, right? If you want to hit a bird over the net, there's really five, I would say five fundamentals of just basic mechanics to allow your body to hit a bird over the net and then to consistently be able to do it time and time again. And what every kid gets wrong because we're all high school kids is everyone wants to get the coolest freaking racket, right? Um, they don't want like what you got at big five or the big sporting goods store. Like you have to go get a legit racket. And at that time it was like carbon fiber, titanium, um, like, you know, Yonix was doing like these square headed rackets. So you had a bigger sweet spot, but everyone was talking about like TI-10. <laughs> they were just talking about the coolest freaking racket you could get and the lightest, the fastest you could swing, the most bend to it so you can get that snap. Like that was the thing that everyone focused on, which obviously, and everyone knows this, or you should probably know this, it doesn't matter. If you put a crappy racket, a wooden racket in a master's hands, that person's still gonna be able to beat you any day of the week right now. But like all crazy kids, we were concerned about rackets, right? And that's why we got our butts beat every single time when we first started, because it wasn't about a racket. And that's why we got the rackets taken away from us. But I feel like this analogy applies to business, at least for me, because in business, especially in network marketing, especially in entrepreneurship, you're talking about like, what's your end in mind? What's your goal? What's your dream? What do you want to create? And I'm not knocking any of that because it's a really important part of it. And, and dreaming and creating is, is a huge part of, kind of, uh, you know, figuring out what matters to you. Okay. But what's wrong about this is for the past 20 years, I'd always put the ability to make a certain amount of income as the highest value of, uh, of what I wanted to create. And it was like focusing on the racket, right? When in all actuality, 
It has nothing. You hitting a bird over the net or you hitting it out of the park when it comes to your business has nothing to do with your racket. <laughs> in fact, the problem became was that I was in love with the idea of what the money was or getting to the goal of money that when I got there, right, when I got to that, that pinnacle or that position or that place that I wanted to be at, it no longer became interesting because the goal was fulfilled um, or the thing was, was achieved. Um, and this all kind of goes back to the analogy that you don't need the racket when you first start because it boils down to the five fundamentals, which are a feet, right? Your ability to arrive at a position on the court before the birdie gets there is the number one reason whether you'll be able to have a chance of hitting the bird over the net. Okay. That's number one. Number two is your head. In fact, where you're looking, where you're pointing your direction of your eyes, like your head is number two, is exactly where the bird's traditionally going to go. We're not talking about trick shots or anything else, but just if you're looking there more often than not, your body's pointing there, that's where the thing is going to go. So number two is head. Three is then hips and shoulders, which is where the power comes from. Four is arm. And five is then finally, finally, the last little, little touch is the racket. It's like the, it's like the, the wrist and racket. It's like the final last bit. But so often in business and in sports, we focus on the wrong area. The business of feeling good. And this is something I think it's taken me a long time to learn is that the feet, right? The, 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 the base of all of it, the, what determines whether you have a shot at hitting this bird or not, whether you have a shot at being successful in this business or not, is... Are you willing, this is going to sound funny, okay? But are you willing to suck at something long enough to get good at it? Are you willing to suck at something long enough to get good at it? That is your feat. That is everything. That is the longevity of your business. If you think back to something, like just take this exercise on for a second. If you think back to something in your own life that you've become really good at, really proficient at, um, uh, something that you are above average at. And it could be a hobby, it could be a sport, it could be a career, it could be a profession, it could be relationship, it could be any of these things. I'm willing to bet it at some point in time in that trajectory of you learning that skill or developing that area that you were in love, right? Even if you sucked at it. You were in love with that thing. You were like, I don't care if I look stupid doing this. I don't care what someone says about me doing this. I am going to figure out how to get this thing done. And maybe you fell on your face a million and one times, but you're like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And I think that that is one of the biggest differentiators in anything, whether you're going to be successful or not at it is are you willing to suck at it? Are you willing to look stupid at it? Are you willing to not be great at it? Because let's be honest. If you want to get good at anything, you're going to have to put in time and you're going to look silly at some point in time. So why do that in an area, right? Why, why, why would you even attempt it in an area that you didn't care about learning or didn't enjoy doing? The most dangerous person out there, guys, isn't the person that is has the most followers on a social media platform uh or is the most talented no it's the kid that's out there right now or I shouldn't say kid it could be whoever it is but it's the person out there right now that's willing to try anything that is the most dangerous that 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 person 
right? If they are willing to be consistent, show up, do the work, don't care how stupid I look at this thing, they are going to find, figure out a way. There's no way they can't because they're willing to keep working at it, right? And I think you're going to see the exact same clues. And you can be nodding right now if, if I'm correct, but you'll see the clues in your own life right now. So if you're starting a business or if you're in the middle of a business right now, the first question you really want to look at is, am I willing to do the work long enough? Am I willing to suck at this thing long enough to get good at it? And if it is, congratulations. If it's not, it's something to consider. Maybe it's a pivot, it's a shift, but it allows you to put yourself into, and if that's a hard question to answer right now, if you're like, hey, I don't even know what the thing is yet, Let's move on to bullet point two, which is really in the badminton analogy that I'm doing right now. It's your head, right? It's where you're looking, okay? And I can kind of consider this area your gifts, talents, and abilities section. It's, it's uh, how do you figure out your niche? How do you figure out what you want to do? But number two is if you can't answer the question of am I willing to suck at this long enough to get good at it, then let's figure out what you're good at or something that you haven't a passion or some sort of an area that you're like, I want to focus more in on this. Okay. Because I think that in our true element, when we are at our core, when we are using our gifts, talents, and abilities to serve others, we are the most happiest, right? It can be the most scariest. Like we talked about, it can be incredibly vulnerable to do, but if you take a moment and look at the areas of your life, it's not always what is the most interesting to you, but some things in your life have come easy to you. I don't mean easy as in, um, uh, I don't mean easy as in, well, maybe I do mean it, right? Maybe I do mean it's an area in your life in which you didn't have to always think about it, but somehow it came more naturally to you, right? It's an area of your life where everyone comes back and say, wow, you're really good at this, right? And maybe it's something that you've always thought everyone's had the ability to do, but it's something that's made you incredibly special. Maybe you've had to work at it. Maybe it's just been a talent that's always been there. But what are those things? And if you've never done the exercise, right, I would encourage you guys to take the time to sit, journal, put pen to paper, right? What are you good at, right? What do you, what, what do you when people talk about you in conversations, how, what do they describe about you? What are you great at? Maybe it's, you can take complex ideas and break them uh, into bite-sized chunks, Maybe it's that you're an incredible organizer. Maybe it's that you can take a room and make it look fantastic. Maybe it's your, your eye for design. I don't know, right? But there are things that you do that I absolutely, I'm sure, would envy, right? There are things that I'm willing to pay to not have to do right now. Um, there are areas that I'm like, I have no, like, my ability to write is complete crap. And I've got a best friend, Right who every time he writes, every time he picks up a pen, every time he writes an email that he broke up with a girl with, it's an amazing piece of work. And I'm like, dude, you have to write, man. You have to write. And so you have that in you right now. But take, take a moment, just, just a moment, right, to recognize what are these areas. So if you don't know where your feet are, take a moment with your head right now and say, okay, what are my gifts, talents, and abilities? And it'll help you kind of narrow down where you can kind of, it doesn't have to be perfect right now, but where you can kind of take a shot when it comes to your niche of your business. Three, right? Three in the badminton analogy right now is, is hips and shoulders. And that really is where your power comes from in your shot, 
But when it comes to your business, what are your non-negotiables? And we touched on this earlier, right? This is, this is my biggest one right now is what are the areas that you're doing all this work, you're building a business, right? But what are the non-negotiables that you're like, there's no way I'm doing this because I don't have any joy from it or I'm not willing to miss out on these things. And there are things for me, like I want a business where I can walk my kid to school every morning and pick her up every day after school. Like I know we're in self-isolation right now, but that was the biggest thing for me. Um, especially when she's seven right now, like those moments of like walking home or walking to school, we might not say a darn thing, but believe me, like the best thing in the world is holding her hand and there's nothing, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of business. There's no amount of connection that I would give, uh, or take in order to give that up. Right. That's everything to me. Or sitting down at a dinner table with my wife and my daughter or my parents or family or great friend. Like there's you have non-negotiables, right? And I think the more that you can get them down on paper before you start everything else, you can build a business around your non-negotiables. Like you want to show up to your kid's soccer practice? Cool. Go to your kid's soccer practice. Build your business around the whole thing. My, the entrepreneurs in my mind that have really have it all, they have an incredible life. Like they, they put everything on paper first. They're like, have to go to the gym, have to show up my kid's game, have dinner time, have date night with my, with my spouse. They've put all the important stuff in and then they fit the business around it. And it's not always perfect, but look, if your intention going into it is to start with that, you have a much better shot than if you didn't. So that's three, four, right? Is and the badminton analogy is your arm here. I know I'm stretching, guys. I really am. But it's your arm, okay? So you, the, 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 the power it comes from really your hips, where you're facing, your feet. Number four is your arm, right? Is who you're serving, right? Four is who are you serving? Who, who's your dream client? Who's the person that you want to impact? Who are the people that you want to go out there and make a difference in? It could be their business. It could be their life. It could be a skill that they're learning. But who is it that you want to create? Because... No, who do you want to create, but who is it that you want to go out there and serve? Because the other half of business is you can have an incredible business, right? You can uh, use your gifts, talents, and abilities. You can have your non-negotiables, but if you work with crappy people, it is not fun. <laughs> uh, it's really painful to work with people. It's really hard to work with people that don't want to be there. Um, it's really awesome when you get dream clients. It's amazing when you get to work with people that are like your best friends in the world because it's not work. It's like we're hanging out, we're building something, we're creating something, we're trying to fix a little couple things here, but they're not the nagging, uh, always complaining about problems, always wanting refunds, uh, complaining about price. Like what would your dream client be? Oh man, they would, they would be able to... Uh, be self-sufficient, right? That they could solve their own problems. They would not ask silly questions. They would go Google the thing, right? First, they would try to figure it out on their own. Two, they are tenacious. Like they are going to keep showing up. They're voracious when it comes to learning. Like you can build your dream client. Like Lululemon had two avatars. They weren't even real people, right? When the original company in Canada was created, they had two avatars for both their, their, um, female client and their male client. And they wrote an entire story like, oh, these two people, they're not married, they're not together, but they're always out in the town and they're going from the gym and they're hanging out afterwards and they're going for a drink. They're like, this person would like this kind of music, but this person doesn't really like this kind of music. And their entire philosophy was building a clothing line that would make these two people happy. Like you have to know these things about who you want to serve, right? Maybe this is further down the line right now, but if you're in it, 
you got to start thinking about who would your ideal client be? I have people all the time be like, ah, I'm on the phone. I'm on a sales presentation. I'm on a call that these people always complain about not having money. Well, (laughs) you know, who are you marketing to, right? Who are you connecting to? Do you have challenges and issues when it comes to purchasing or money, right? A lot of times your customers are a reflection of you. That's a whole separate conversation here. But number four here is thinking about who your ideal clients are. And then the final, final piece to all of this, right? The racket, (laughs) the final piece that I kept messing up on was the actual finances of it, right? And it's not a point to be negated or diminished or any of it, right? Building a business, a profitable one that supports your family, that supports your life, that gives you an abundant lifestyle to go do the things you care about. Maybe it's travel, maybe it's education, it's supporting, it's giving back, it's philanthropic, it's all those things. It is absolutely important and you should be paid what you are worth. Absolutely. But understand the mistake I always made was it was always the end goal for me. That's where I messed up, right? Money is this incredible thing that circulates. It's this thing that doesn't always stay stagnant. It's not there forever, right? But it's something that moves and goes back and forth. It's transactional, right? But it's an area that while it's cool, like it's amazing, it's a lot more fun when you've got it. (laughs) But I'll say this, if you don't have the other four with it, it's really empty. It's really lonely. It's really depressing. I I remember having an experience, and this is, everyone can say this is a first world problem, but I had dreamed when I was like 18 years old of like building a residual business. And at that time, like making a six figure income and like, you know, making you know $10,000 a month was like a really big deal. And at like 23, I was able to do that. And I was like, you know, got this big check on stage and everything else. I tell you, it was the most depressed I'd ever been in my entire life because it was such a hollow feeling. And obviously I didn't expect myself to know all the lessons I have today. And I'm still learning today. But realize though, that if you don't have the ability to really kind of focus on the feet, meaning what is the thing that I don't care if I'm not getting paid for, I don't care if it's, um, I can look silly or someone's judging me, like I'm going to learn this thing because I care about it and I, yeah, I'm going to get good at it, right? If you don't have that at your foundation, the rest of it never kind of adds up. The, the rest of it, you're always trying to figure out how to fix the foundation of the house, but it's always falling. It's always creaking. It's it's always going to go falling back to rubble if you don't have that foundation. So when it comes to the business of feeling good, it's five areas, right? If I can kind of clarify this entire analogy, it's those five areas. One, your feet. Your feet is what are you willing to do long enough and suck at long enough to get good at? That is the ultimate question. If you take nothing out of today, it's a question that I wish you can always keep coming back to. That's number one. Number two is what are your gifts, talents, and abilities, Right? Your head, that's number two area. Your head, where you're looking, where you're focused. What are your gifts, talents, and abilities? Because that's going to allow you to figure out what is your niche? What's the thing that you could be, you know, great at, good at, um, you know, somewhere that you can be a conduit for someone to learn something, to, to provide a service for someone. Like, what is that area? What is your gift, right? Three, hips and shoulders in this analogy, but what are your non-negotiables, right? What are the things that you're not willing to write off that are important to you so that you can have an amazing life? Could be getting to the gym, time with family, could be, you know, taking dance classes, whatever it is for you. What are your non-negotiables? You build a business around the non-negotiables. Four, right? Who are you going to serve? Who is your dream client, right? Who is that person that you want to link arms with, that you would love to help serve, build a business with, have them pay you for that service that you could become friends with, maybe have around your dinner table. And then six, shoot, man, finances, 
What do you want to go out there and create, right? Money is absolutely important. You're absolutely deserving of what you want to create, how much money you want to make, and what's important to you. So those are the five areas that make up this business of feeling good. And I hope that if you're following well on this journey here, that you'll take a moment and kind of almost take this as almost like a, a piece of framework, almost a piece of tracing paper that you can lay over your current situation, that you can lay over on top of where you're at in life. And if you're kind of figuring it out, right? What I loved about tracing paper was in a kid, you can like figure out, why did I draw this wrong, right? Like, why does my superhero look right? But you could trace over something and be like, oh, the proportions here are wrong, right? I made his hand too big or his spider web's too long, what, what, it, whatever, right? The same thing is true here. You can take this blueprint, put it over your life and be like, you know what? You know why I'm not happy? It's because I'm not working with the people I care about. I'm not working with the, the dream client. Or you know what? If I look at the fundamentals right now, I'm not doing a thing. Like this was a big one for me, guys. Okay. If I can give you anything I got out of this whole situation, it was, was the feet. It was, what are you willing to, to suck at long enough to get good at? I got that wrong. I fell in love with the money and the lifestyle of what a business brought me than I did of the actual work that was involved. And at that moment, I realized for me, not for anyone else, that I was in the wrong place. Nothing to do with vehicle, nothing to do with business. It was because I no longer loved doing the work and therefore I had to change. That was a really hard lesson to learn. But one, sometimes starting over is a beautiful thing. There's no expectations. You can mess up all you want right now. So I hope you guys can take some value, something, extract something, right? Extrapolate something out of this, this piece here today. And I hope it gives you the ability to hold up that mirror, hold up that tracing paper and say, okay, what can I adjust? How can I take it? And if you're saying, hey, okay, how do I do this? You know, I'd love if you left me a comment. I'd love if you left me, you know, something in the comment section saying, or you could DM me um, on the Instagrams or the, or the, or the, any of the, the, the social media platforms, but I'd love for you guys to do that. In fact, what I'll say, and I always promote here is that we've got a free community on Facebook called the business of feeling good. You could, there's an application process. We do lives in there. And what I do is I take actual clients, people that I work with absolutely free. We do hot, hot seats. So I do like 20 minute sessions, 15 minute sessions where I work with different people on what they're going through. So if you want to be a part of that, search for us on Facebook there. Um, and very soon, I'm going to have a free mini course coming out for you guys um, called Breaking Gravity, um, kind of getting you unstuck. So it'll be a free course. Um, be on the lookout for that. But again, my name is Jason Liu. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a blast giving it to you. <laughs> and I will talk to you guys on the other side. Cheers. Thanks again. I hope you guys grabbed some great value out of today's conversation. If you want to further the conversation, I'd love to meet you personally. We've got a free Facebook community that you can dive into, free content, more resources, and I do lives every single week where I get a chance to interact with you and help coach you on exactly what you need. If you want to find it, you can find us at The Business of Feeling Good, or you can search the hashtag BOFG. Again, that's hashtag BOFG. If you like this episode, please share it. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments, your reviews truly mean so much to me. It's the lifeblood of what keeps me going and it's how I craft the content that's better gonna impact you.
I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.